Three, two, one. Well, by God, Matt, grab the razor and some shaving cream because I've got some stuff to get off my chest tonight. And this is Talking Dirt episode number 16. Welcome, race fans of the internet. My name is Ryan Williams, and I'm joined not by one, but by two co-hosts for tonight's episode of Talking Dirt, the first of which you have heard every single week here on the program. He hails out of Mary in South Carolina. What did I used to call you, Matt? The the common man's racer. He provides the race. Well, he used oh to God. provide the racer's insight in the Talking Dirt program. For now, he's just a spectator like me, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Pridge and Matt, how the heck are you this week? I'm doing all right. Can't complain better, too much. Better than last week? Uh, about the same. About the same. Do we have any yeah. updates on, on the car and the car search that we were that you're probably going to have to get into now? No, it. I mean, the, this the situation is still pretty much the same right now. Um, still just taking everything off and going to get it up to Rocket as soon as uh, Dad gets back from his little trip. Yeah, they went up to uh, the the Sturgis Rally. That'd be something uh, cool to to experience, Matt. Do you have any uh, experience riding uh, motorcycles, Matt? Oh God, yes, and I do have a story. One I have to tell everybody. Um, okay. So. I, I rode a uh, motorcycle a couple times, you know, around Marion. My dad had my dad had uh, a '99 Fat Boy, and then he bought mm-hmm. like a 2012 Electroglide or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he was letting me ride the Fat Boy. Well, so we we ride around Marion a little bit. Then Bike Week at the beach comes up, and we go down there. Um, he made me trailer it down there, but. I got down there. We went, rode around. Um, we're at the North Myrtle at uh, Barefoot Lane, and we ride the boulevard all the way back pretty much uh, as far as we could to down towards Myrtle's Inlet. Mm-hmm. And there was one red light we were at, and I was like the first one there, and there's like 50 to 100 bikers behind me. Oh. And I stall it out. That that was embarrassing. No. But I, I mean, it was only like my third time driving. Well, Matt, it. if that's your embarrassing <laughs> story, I've got one to top it. Okay, oh so this doesn't have to do with the motorcycle per se, but something similar. Um, a moped. Um, some people yes. know this story. Some people don't know this story. Uh, about three years ago, I had uh, I'd, I'd I'd ridden dirt bikes before. I'd never ridden a moped. It was the exact same thing, but a lot slower. Um. So, I mean, I knew what I was doing. I got the handle of it, even though I hadn't done it in 10 years. Got the handle of it pretty quickly. I was I was chilling with uh, Banjo, Cody McAllister. Uh, a lot of people were there. Um, <laughs> anyways, I decided I was going to hop on the moped. We called it the liquor sickle because it was run down, beat up, and just about anything else you can imagine. Right. Uh, so I, t- I took it around the yard, and everything was going fine. I, I was doing a couple laps just to make sure it ran right. And uh, I came up to a point near the shop where I hit a patch of uh, clover. Hit a patch of clover. It had rained not too long beforehand. And at that moment, I said, oh, shoot. And I didn't really say, oh, shoot. I said something a lot worse, but I won't say that on the program. Uh, I felt the bike slip out from under me after I hit the wet patch. So I bailed. I jumped off of the bike. Uh, off the moped, excuse me, uh, landed on the ground in a white t-shirt. That was a terrible idea, uh, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. And here comes Cody and Sissy's son, Willie Foster, walks right over to me, and without missing a beat, this kid, he walks out of my hat and goes, I'll pick up your hat. <laughs> and he grabs it, and he brings it over <laughs> and sets it on top of my head. I'm still on the ground in shock at what I had just done. Well, but, at least you had your hat. But here's the thing, nobody else saw it. Willie Foster was the only person to see it. So I tried <laughs> to play it off, and this little rascal, he told everybody, this little four-year-old at the time just walks back over everybody hey ryan fell <laughs> and i'm like dude what are you talking about i didn't fall and then i realized that i had grass stains all over my white shirt and uh the rest was kind of hard to hide that yeah it was it was kind of hard to hide that i was also an interesting day to say the least and what made it even worse is i shattered the bat you know the bat glass on iphones 
Oh yeah. Shattered the back glass and there were like little purple spots on the screen and all. So I had to go mm. get a new phone. That freaking sucked. But it's now a funny story that I can tell on the podcast as as I just did. But uh Matt, you and I are not alone here tonight, are we? No, we are not. No, we are not. Joining us for this episode of Talking Dirt. Uh I like to call him the Ridgeway Rocket nowadays. We used to call him that Murphy boy. I just thought the 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 latter had a little bit better ring to it, so, so I brought it along this year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Dirt, Mr. James Murphy. James, so good to finally have you on the program. How, how have you been, buddy? I've been doing all right. Been doing all right. You've been doing a lot better than all right. I heard somebody got a win this past weekend. Yeah, pretty good. Got, got pretty lucky on our first restart. Yeah, you did get a little bit lucky, but all in all, dude, it was it was your night. Um, it was your night to shine, and and you did so in a big way. As uh, we held up, we held up your mama's uh, our legacy pretty well. I do want to thank, and it was even better. How about this, Matt? How about this? Since mm-hmm. the start, James is the first driver to put Talking Dirt in victory lane this season. How about that? Heck yeah! Well, and I, I well, yeah, because uh, Talking Dirt isn't on the street on the street or the stuff, table yeah. It's on it's on Robbie's car, and it's on David's new car that he's got, but it's not on the one that he won in. <laughs> so James is the first Talking Dirt sponsor driver to get a big victory this season. Huge congratulations to him. But uh James, what was the what was the track like this past Saturday night? It looked like a pretty smooth surface. What was it like on, on your end? Yeah, pretty smooth. It was a little heavy than normal, but I can't complain. It was at least it was smooth. It wasn't very dusty. And uh it, it, what went through what was that initial start like? Because we take the green flag and there's a caution out of turn number two. Did you did how, what was that thought that went through your your mind when when Tony forgot to race back to the line? Almost did the same thing. You almost did the same thing, really. I let off, and then I I, I noticed I need to keep going. No, nope. I was going a, a good bit faster than Tony was, and almost ran right into the back of him. Well, hey, I'm looking back on it. I'm glad you did not do that. But uh, after that moment, uh, clear sailing. Great victory lane interview with you. You can actually. Hear that interview. I believe it's on your Team 65 page, right? Yes. It's on your Team 65 page. I believe your Uncle Mark put it up there. So if you guys are interested in that, go over to James's Facebook page uh, for his racing stuff and, and take a listen because it was, to say the least, a very, very emotional uh, victory lane celebration with uh, with James, his whole crew there, his dad there, his brother. And uh, And speaking of your brother, James, we'll start the interview this way. How did you two decide out of out of each other who was going to be the driver and who was going to be the crew chief? First started we were sharing. We'd go off. We'd switch back every week, and it got to a point that he he, he didn't want to race. He just wanted to watch. So I jumped in the car that night, and last minute, and did pretty good. Okay, and then and then from there he just decided to step away full time. Yeah, he just he likes to watch and work on them. I, I don't blame him at all. Jared's a heck of a crew chief uh, nowadays, and you guys are, are getting a lot of help from a lot of different sources. I, what what does it mean to you right now that all these guys that are established late model competitors are coming to you guys and helping out? I know that you had told me that, that one of the Mintz brothers helped you out last week, and I know that Banjo's been a big help this year. There's been so many other people. Like, what does it mean to you, the the outpour of support that you've gotten over the past year? A few years ago, I was watching these people race, and I, I really wanted to try it, and now i got them all helping me. It's, it's, it's awesome. It really looks like it. It looks like it's working to perfection right now. So, James, we know that you've jumped in the, uh, the late model the previous couple of years, but... Uh, do you have any like really fond memories of when you and Jared first got started? Obviously, you, you watched your dad and you watched David race for a long, long time. And what was what was the notion that you two needed to get in the car as well? Well, we we always worked on them, and my mom always told me I couldn't race till I was eighteen. Uh huh. But we found a good deal on a nice front wheel drive. We started out in. It was built by Mikey Huff at Wasted uh, Cages, we, mm-hmm. so we knew it was a good car. So she allowed us to 
go out there and race in the rookie class. Well, yeah, I was just about to ask because you are just now 19 or 20. How old are you now, James? You turned 21 this year. So you're 20 right now. So you guys started racing well before 18. You were, oh, yeah. what, 15, 16 at the time? Yeah. And uh, do you remember any – was there any moment your first couple of years of racing where, you know, you, you lock horns with, with somebody that's got 20, 30 years of experience? What was your, like, all right, welcome to the big leagues, kid, moment? It's about the first or second race. Me and my dad actually got into a pretty good fight. Oh, really? Yeah. What happened there? Uh, he just didn't agree with what I was doing, and I was hard headed. Mm-hmm. Did he turn you? Did he give you a pop? What happened? No, nah, it was in it was in the pitch. We weren't racing together. Oh, y'all weren't racing. Okay, well, ha- ha- did you ever have that moment with anybody actually on track? I don't remember. I I try to keep a level head. I don't really get mad see, at people. See, that's one thing that I've always noticed about you more so than pretty much any other driver. When it comes to consistency and not overdoing the car, not overthinking it while you're driving, I mean, as much as you may be, you are able to put off that you're just cool, calm, and collected the entire time. Because me and Matt have looked in the past, as far as lap times go, you are probably the most consistent driver besides the guys that have been doing it for 10, 15 years here. Especially this Early on in your career, man, that's that's extremely, uh, you know, impressive. I, it is. It, it, it's no secret I struggle with, you know, staying consistent on the track. And shoot, here I am. This is my what fourth, fifth year racing a late mm-hmm. model. Yeah, and James has pretty much got it figured out. I mean, <laughs> what what else? What else can you say, James? I, you, you kind of. But you had it going the same way in in your street stock and in the mod four before that. So I mean, as far as talents, I, I think you you're onto something here. And, and speaking of those street stock and, and mod four days, how how big of a difference or a learning curve? I don't ask a lot of people this, but how much did you really have to go back to the drawing board and and relearn how to drive when you jumped into a late model? Well, it's, uh, it's actually pretty. Pretty much like the force on us. You gotta drive mm. pretty hard. Keep them straight. You gotta drive them pretty hard. I, See, I've I've always heard differently. I've I've always heard from from certain people that late models were the hands down easiest things to drive. You barely turn them in. You counter steer, and, and that's it. Matt, do you share that assessment, or are you with James here? <laughs> no, because my car does not turn in that easy. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Well, okay, if you had a well-handling car, maybe. Which, what, James, what's that like? What's that like? You're going to find out when it comes back to <laughs> I'm Rocket, just kidding. big guy. I'm just kidding. I, the car's handled good before. Just not on a wet track. <laughs> oh, man. You're absolutely right. But, hey, when it comes back from Rocket, you might figure out what that's like again. Uh, maybe. I hope so, man, for your sake and for racing's sake, because we need you back out there. I need you at Sumter because... uh. I, actually, our late model division's been really, really stellar this year. When and when you when you have and when you haven't been here, as James can probably attest to, James has gotten two wins now. The first one came, I believe, James, we only had, what, four cars maybe that night? I think only three. Oh, it was only three. Ah, oh, come on, man. We'll just say four. I think there was four. There. I want to say there was four and somebody didn't start maybe. I'm not sure. But, I mean, this previous one, James goes out there. And gets a big one over some big names. Yeah, that was some you, tough competition. Yeah, there. Jay, do you, do you have any thoughts that you've been able to gather? What was it like? Uh, if you have any thoughts about it, what was it like to race against and finally, you know, get a win over some of these guys? Tony Ayer, Scott Shirey, uh finished second. I mean, how does it feel to just get a win over some of these guys you've been watching forever? Yeah, I can't believe it. They've been they've probably been racing longer than I've been going to the track. And be able to race right there beside them, good, clean racing, it's, it's awesome. Oh, it, it absolutely is, man. And like I said, like I told you Saturday night, I was so proud of you. Because, um, I mean, obviously we've become very, very good friends over the past, you know, year and a half now. And to see the progression, I know Matt said this before, but just to see the progression, 
last year you obviously you had a good car, but something something else is up with that thing this year, dude. It has been you're consistently top three, top two. Now you're winning. So you guys are doing something right in uh in that sixty five camp. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we found a few things that was wrong. We battled with all last year, and we found it over the winter. We've been had pretty good speed for most weeks. Oh yeah, and and especially this past weekend, and and that's uh, I setting you up for a nice points run. That you're you're currently leading the late model points for the track. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you've got it wrapped up. Um, so this will be points championship. What number three for you, maybe? It's either three or four. It's either three or four. I know you've got at least one in mod four. You've got one in street stock. Did you win points last year in the late models? I did not. You did not. Okay. Second. Okay, I, and I don't quite remember who won it. Maybe I think Derek Hack or I Derek Lane. Dalton. It could it could have been Dalton, yeah. Yeah, it probably was. It probably was Dalton. We'll talk about him later in the episode. I'm trying to get him on the podcast uh, sometime soon, uh, and and I want to talk to him about what happened this past weekend because there's a lot of speculation, a lot of talk. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that later in the episode, and hopefully in a couple of weeks, whenever I'm able to get him on the show finally. But uh, sticking with James here, now this is about to take a more sentimental turn. Obviously. Our entire world was was thrown for a loop earlier this season. Um, man, just what's what's life been like? What's racing been like? You know, this season with with what happened. Yeah, it's been rough, but it actually lit a fire under me to get back into racing. That's what makes me zone out and not think about things going on and all. Mm-hmm. And then I I honestly. I can't tell you how much your mom meant to me uh, as a person. She was, back when I start, first started announcing, she would be the first person to text me and tell me what I was doing wrong, what I was doing right, what I needed to improve on, everything. She was she was my person at that racetrack each and every single weekend, and I love that woman dearly. I know you guys did, and I know now that she's looking down and, and smiling at you and and all of y'all. Uh, to see what you guys have been able to do this year, and I just I'm so proud that that you guys have had a bounce back from that, and are doing very very well. And, and I promise I'm not going to start crying here. Um, I promise. But <laughs> Matt, Matt, you guys just distract people for a second. <laughs> I was serious. Anyways, uh, we're oh, back. Sorry, <laughs> I was actually <laughs> I was serious, Matt. Um. But yeah, man, it's it's been a tough year for us at the track. It's been a tough year for you guys, but so far, so good. Leading points, uh, now two wins. But let's talk a little bit about some uh, some funnier stories. And I I just had one that came into my head. You guys showed up for practice uh, on a Saturday night while the track was closed. Uh, James, you you should remember this. Uh, you let somebody else get in your late model. And uh, they realized that you were six foot five, and they were not. Do you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> dude, Matt. I think I want to say I sent you this video. But <laughs> uh, you didn't. But whenever David Banjo Banjo was gonna cut a couple laps in James's car, and he climbs in, and when I tell you, his head was no higher than the middle column of the steering wheel. You look from the front of James's car, and all you see is the tippy top of David's helmet. <laughs> it was like a, it's like Riku Abreu got in the car. It was so funny, oh. dude. It looked like oh. a person. And, and James and uh, James and Jared come out with two little squishy butt pillows, and I throw them at him like, "Here, this might help you." And, and, and uh, and David puts some butter. He looks back at James. He goes, "Wow, your mama had good taste. These pillows is comfy." And and he pulled off and then broke the car. Did he, James? What happened there? I'm not sure. Something in the transmission broke. It just a wear item. <laughs> yeah, because she guys said she had to go back and uh and rebuild it, right? Yeah. So yeah, they had to go back and rebuild the transmission because David doesn't know how to drive other people's cars. Matt, how about that? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes that kind of stuff happens. No, I'm just sending shots at, at David. Um, hopefully, he's back in action this weekend as well. Uh, some some preliminary talks about them going to Lakeview. Uh, James, we have an off week at Sumter. Do you guys plan on racing right now, or are y'all uh, are y'all going anywhere this weekend, or is it a rebuild week? We might go watch at Lancaster, but I haven't really worked on a call this week. I'm trying to take care of Dad. Yeah, they got a. Oh yeah, trying. Yeah, I heard. I heard about that situation. I won't. I won't make you disclose it for for everybody out there. But uh, yeah, prayers up for Mr. Greg right now. Um, if you guys could send prayers towards the Murphy family, Mr. Greg, everybody involved with that one. But yeah, James, you just mentioned Lancaster's got a pretty big weekend coming up. Uh, what will this be? The fourth annual Michael Knight Memorial, or no? Philip is it Philip Knight? Philip Knight Memorial. Michael's a son that uh, runs that racetrack. Uh, fourth annual Philip Knight Memorial with the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models. Three thousand dollars to win, and I believe a grand or better in most of their other class classes as well. You've got uh, SCDRA rules in front wheel drive this week. That's going to be interesting to see who shows up for that one. You've got the Renegade class. You've got their Thunder Bomber class, Crate Sportsman's Pure Stocks in the in action. Big weekend coming up at Lancaster. Uh, other racetracks open this weekend as well. Cherokee, Carolina Class Super Late Models, 5000 to win. That's going to be a good one. Um, Lakeview, back in action. They were off all of July. They're back here as we start August. I believe $3,000 to win in the uh, Late Model Class there this weekend. Right, Matt? Yeah, also, I see that um, Blake Roark and his dad, Kevin, are going to be there at Lakeview. I got a bone to pick with John Lovett on that one. I got a bone to pick, Uh sir. So John Lovett posts that Kevin is the Sumter Madman and Blake is the something, something or another headhunter. And first off, um, I'm sorry, Blake, but you ain't been hunting no heads this year. Uh, You got to figure out that Johnny Rocket (laughs) first. Uh, Kevin is Mr. Clean, obviously, for obvious reasons. A, he's a very clean driver, and B, I mean, if you can't tell, he's bald. Um, and Blake Ryan's for the shots past... today. No, it's not shots. That's been his nickname all season. I'm long. joking. I'm joking. But Blake is, was, and will always be the Rain Man from when he first started winning races. Now. John wanting to change up my nicknames. I don't really appreciate that, but John's the home boy, so he can do whatever he wants, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. He uh, he commented back to me and, and said, man, I'm giving them gangster nicknames. We gangsters around here, baby. And I said, oh, okay, all right, cool, whatever. But I thought I thought mine was pretty gangster. You ain't pulling up on Mr. Clean and the Rain Man. They gonna mess you up. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Matt, we did something pretty cool last night. Um, at least tried I thought to, it was pretty least. cool. Tried what do you mean tried to? It went pretty well. <laughs> I, I tried. You did good. I tried. Well, the only thing that we're going to work on with, with you and I both is I need to give you more... Um, Open opportunities to jump well, in. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what I was going to say. I need to give you <laughs> more awareness yeah. of the spaces that I want you to fill. As in, I will start, you know, leading into it um, with a, a, a go into high and then exit low, or a go in low and exit high. It, and I'll talk to you about what all that means later. Uh, it's broadcasting stuff. You'll you'll get you'll get it whenever we you know we discuss this. But Matt and I actually did our very first iRacing broadcast. Ton of fun, man! One of the best iRacing races that I have witnessed to this date. And I think that that's going to carry a long way. Matt, what'd you think about uh, some asphalt racing on Talking Dirt? It was a little different, wasn't it? Yeah, not not normally what we're used to, but it, they did uh, provide some some good racing. It was it was Very actually good, pretty yeah. entertaining. I, I mean, they were two wide, three wide, just about the whole time. Yeah, I, I don't I honestly do not think there was one single lap where these guys weren't two two by two all, all the way and, back. And at there towards the end. You know, there was the, the whole entire top ten was on 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 each other's bumpers. Mm-hmm. So there at the end, it it could have went down to anybody. Oh, it absolutely could have. And it it ended up going to uh, the number nine car after contact between what was the at the leader fresh and I believe it was the thirty eight car in that one. Yeah, it they was. got together. Uh, some tempers flared. Some words were said. Yada yada yada. Nine car comes through the winner. 
But yeah, man, Southern Outlaw Auto Racing Association. Check them out on your iRacing League. Check them out on Facebook. Check the stream out over at youtube.com forward slash talking dirt TV. Um, yeah, a lot of fun, dude. A lot of fun that was. And we're going to do that every Tuesday night at 7.50 p.m. Eastern Time uh, over on the Talking Dirt TV YouTube page and possibly the Talking Dirt Facebook page at some point as well. But yeah, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I used to be partnered up with uh, what, what was formerly known as the Esports Broadcasting Network. I used to do um, late model races here and there, a lot of asphalt stuff, a lot of truck series uh, announcing for those guys. And to uh, to finally be able to, to do it on my own um, with with Matt, of course, was, was a dream come true and a blast. And something I'm sort of kind of looking to uh, to get into just a little bit heavier, but always keep this podcast going and, and hopefully get back uh, going with uh, Wikifab over on YouTube as well. I just got a lot on my plate right now, as does Matt, as does James. We all, everybody's super busy, right? Right. Everybody is super busy, but uh, back to talking to James here. Uh, we're going back into a little bit of interview mode because there was there was a time there where uh, James was racing street stock, right? Before we right. went to cruiser rules. And when I tell you that this young man made the most people mad without even saying a word, I'm not even joking. Remember that, James? James had a pretty good year. I remember you won the street stock championship back in 2019, back when I was on Raceiver, before I even started announcing. Uh, you won that one. And then... Talk to me a little bit. What inspired the move to a late model that next year? But I had to spend a lot of money updating that car to get it legal for Cruiser. Uh-huh. And we figured if we're going to spend that kind of money, we'll just jump into a late model. We can mm-hmm. travel a little more, try something new. And obviously that you did. And and if I remember right, the the paint scheme that you guys rolled out last season, that was a tribute scheme, right? Yeah. Now, tell the people listening at home, uh, what was that a tribute for? Uh, obviously, I know, but they may not know. Well, we had the, the circle around the 65. For my uncle, we was going to go buy him a late model a few years back. And the week before, we about to go get it, and he had a seizure and was diagnosed with uh, brain cancer. So, so then... You guys finally get the late model for you and decide to to pay tribute to Mr. David yeah. by uh, doing the number the same way he would have, right? Yep, it went around full circle. Uh-huh. And b- before that, obviously, taking it back to uh, to David and Mr. Gray way back in the day, uh, what, are your fond- what are your most fond memories of watching your dad and uncle? You know, they were racing I-77, probably Carolina, Lancaster, wherever. Else, what were some of the? Do you have any like really fond memories of those days of your life? Yeah, we would uh, race Carolina on Friday night and had to come home, unload the car, and switch the whole rear end around to go hmm. run Langster on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. And do you remember anything of I seventy seven before it closed down? Yeah, we. Uh, that was probably my favorite track. I never got to race at. Well, for people who haven't seen it, like myself, I never got a chance to go there. Uh, what what was it like? It was a, a, a three-eighths mile track. And mm-hmm. Always side-by-side racing. It was probably the best facilities around right before they closed. And it, it was just, I, I would think, the best racetrack around during that time. Of the, the tracks that are open now, what would you most closely compare it to? Maybe a Carolina, Cherokee type deal? Probably in between those two. In between those two? Okay. Matt, did you ever get a chance to see I-77 before it shut down? I did not. Now, what about, I know you You have a, a couple of tracks that were around your way that shut down as well. What What were some of those tracks that you went to that uh, me and James didn't get a chance to? Uh, You got Dublin up in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That track, and- they called it, they called it the Rattlesnake. Um, I personally never raced there. And but I did go up there and watch a a good bit, you know. The racing, from what I remember, was you know it was decent, wasn't too bad. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about that track is it would get a like four or five holes in 
oh. in the track and every every night. Um, then <laughs> one thing they do that would aggravate me is they they'd see the rain would be coming and right before qualifying try to rework the track. That, oh. that kind of they did. I remember I went three weeks in a row, and they did that all three weeks. And at that, it, it got kind of annoying, but. I imagine um, what did your, uh, did your dad ever get a chance to race there back in the day? Uh, no, uh, uh-uh. my, my dad raced, my dad raced around y'all's area when he, uh, oh, okay. when he raced, when he started out racing cars, I know he raced at, uh, say Newberry County Speedway, which is closed yep. down. I, t- he raced at I-20, uh, Columbia Speedway, um, and then obviously, you know, Lakeview, then Myrtle Beach and Timminsville. Did, did Papa, Papa Priz never got a chance to run Sumter back in the day? Uh, no, not really. He back then it was more of you race wherever was closest to you. Mm, okay, yeah. I mean that's that's kind of how it was back then. So so he he actually got a chance to race uh, Myrtle Beach Speedway before it closed down. But did you ever oh, get a chance to go out there, ago. Matt? Uh. Not, not in the race car, no. But you've obviously watched there. Yeah, I've yeah. heard. I've heard that that place was some great racing. Yeah, was, it actually. I, I was actually at the last race. Um, uh-huh. you know, even 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 that race, it, it put out it put out a good race. You know. Hmm. But yeah, that, that's one of those places. I remember I've driven by it in my life probably 120 times. Uh, never stopped to watch a race, and now it's it's torn down, unfortunately, as is a lot of these tracks. I believe, James, is, is I-77 still standing, or did they finally tear down the, the uh, tower and all? They tore it down this year. Oh, oh. man, they tore it down. That's Is the actual track race, still man. there? I don't think so. I think they sold it to a trucking company. Mm. That sucks, dude. And it was the perfect setup, because it was just, they found a clay pit and just dug a track into it, Matt. It was it was yeah. the perfect it was the perfect setup for a racetrack inside yeah. of a clay pit almost the same as Lancaster is just about Lancaster's down in a clay pit you look at tracks like uh the tracks that are on the side of mountains and stuff like Volunteer Smoky Mountain Taswell up in Tennessee you look at some of them in North Carolina you know Friendship um, Antioch there's a couple other ones that are all pretty much on the side of mountains you just dig down into the clay. And you hardly ever have to bring in clay to rework the track or anything. That's why places like you know Sumter, Cherokee, Lakeview, we're all having to bring in dirt. These guys have a plethora. Well, Cherokee's got got a crap ton of clay around it, man. They ain't right, I ain't gonna bro. lie. And, and they now, they're not on the mountainside, but they are in a clay pit. Yeah, they are. They are in a clay pit, but they're still bringing in bukus, buttloads of dirt, dude. Just about every off season. And speaking of new dirt, a track close to you got some new dirt this uh, this past break. Lakeview's going to be a lot different. I'm I'm hearing uh, now that they've got a brand new uh, configuration on the track. Okay. Let's yeah, see man. how that goes. Me too, dude, because I've, I've been hearing from Scott and, and Timmy and, and everybody involved that that place is going to be pretty much brand new when they open back up this Saturday night. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. Uh, how everybody's able to ha- able to uh, work with the new configuration at Lakeview, the new dirt that they put down. Uh, not sure if they've extended that uh, the wall they had on the outside. I'm not sure if they extended it during this break, but if they did, I hope they reinforced it because we all, I believe we all remember that time that uh, who was it that went straight through it, Matt? I can't remember. It was somebody oh, in the stock V8 though. Yeah, it was a stock V8 car went straight through the wall uh, <laughs> not too long ago. In fact. But, I uh, think yeah. from what I can remember, they it, the the guardrail goes down to turn three, but I'm not I'm not too sure. It's been a while since I've been there. Yeah, I'm not sure if since then they have, uh, you know, obviously they had a whole month they could have easily wrapped it all the way around, but you know, you never know. We'll find out this this Saturday night when they open back up there. But uh, Matt, I guess it's been over thirty minutes already, so. We might as well talk about a little bit of racing that happened this past weekend. Primarily, the only track in state that ran uh, Sumter Speedway, and it was a doozy. James, I'm sure you can attest to this. 
Uh, probably my least favorite uh, event to be on the call for, and my favorite at the exact same time. Because when we had racing, it was great racing. And when it was bad, it was extremely bad. James, did you see anything besides your race? I, I watched the shoe stock race. <laughs> that was the worst. That was, that was a mistake. <laughs> but I mean, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. It was actually when they raced, it was a great race, but screw it. We'll start with street stock. I got a bone to pick uh, with them as well, because Matt, this was the first time in my life that I have ever had to witness a race be initial started single file. What? You Come heard on. that right. Initial start. We had to go single file. Oh my gosh. They had five attempts at a start. Five. Five. The first one, a couple of cars got together, and Ian Paget, he went up and slapped the outside wall. He went off track. We, we back it back down. We have another initial start, another wreck, another initial start, another wreck that blocks the track, and, and it's Sumter. They normally race back on lap one, but if the track is blocked... Then there's no racing back. We fully restart the race. All right, you you know that right. rule. You've raced there. James knows that rule. That's what gave him uh, the advantage on, on Tony past Saturday night. Um, but three or four starts in a row, the uh, there was track was blocked. We couldn't race back. Then there was a couple of of issues with leaders trying to fire before the flagman starts it. That was two of the delays, and then. Another start and a, a a crash. So race control decided that it was time to just send them single file. Uh, again, it was $1,000 to win, so big money was on the line. Tensions were high. Tempers were hot uh, all night long. So, I mean, I, I get it, but, man, it, it was just it was so frustrating. From, from a trying-to-run-the-show standpoint, or from a trying-to-announce-the-race standpoint, just not being able to get started, it, it drove me crazy. I won't lie to you. Yeah, it, that can get frustrating. I've seen races like that before. It's never fun to sit there and keep seeing them try to make the first lap. It wasn't fun at all. It, and we it's not like we they only had 10, 15 laps. They had 25 laps, you know? And that goes to almost every racer out there. You can't win it on the first lap. You can't win at corner one. But you, you can lose it. But you can lose it. You you can junk it. You can, yeah, you can do a lot of stuff on lap one, but you cannot win on lap one. And speaking of winning, Matt, 25 laps the distance. Uh, can you guess who went to victory lane, Matt? Uh, Let's see. Hmm. I don't know who I was there. Well, I, I'll give you a hint. He's a local. He's a local? He's local. <clears throat> Doesn't race at Sumter every weekend, though. Doesn't? Uh, okay, Cameron? Yes, sir. Cameron Holloway yeah. went to victory lane in his number 118. Matt, your second place finisher started this race 16th. Started 16th, hmm. finished second in 25 laps. It was Tandor Rodonis in the sixth car, misqualifying, came in late, and, uh, and finished the second. And your third place man... Actually, no, Tanner didn't start 16th. He started like 13th or something. Actually, no, I'm way wrong. The one who started 16th finished third. That was Bubba Kolb in 208. Excuse me, Matt. It was Bubba Kolb who missed qualifying and finished third. Rodana started, I believe, fifth or sixth and finished second. Uh, Caples finishes fourth. And uh, Grimsley finishes fifth over in Street Stocks. Uh, Super Streets were in action. One of the best races we had all night. This one... I believe had one or two cautions, but nothing like Street Stock was, <laughs> to say the least. Super Street winner William Russell in 228, which was pretty cool because I believe his daughter actually won a Power Wheels race earlier in the night, and then William won in Super Street pretty much directly following that. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. And speaking of Power Wheels, James, you got to hold two checkered flags in one night, right, buddy? Yeah, I volunteer as a flagman. Uh, you didn't really volunteer. I just kind of handed you the checkered flag. Yeah, and uh, I told uh, our young friend Mr. Cody uh, to go wave the green flag. He did well on that one. And uh, James, he actually ended up going to Victory Lane with you guys, did he not? Yeah, he, he he's a he's a big fan. He's a big you put fan. On a he... show... Did you put on a show like John Lovett does? 
No, no, not even close. Come on, man. You got to put some energy into it. Show some passion. Gyrate the hips. Gyrate the hips. Uh, I wasn't going that far, but okay. That, that's what John be doing up there. He be dancing, man. He be dancing. I I, I want to see him. Uh, I want to see him do it again. I'm, I might end up taking a trip uh, to Old Lakeview this weekend, but probably not. I'm not sure 100%. I'll be yet. there. I know you will, and that's kind of why I, I want to go. But, uh, okay. yeah, James was, was uh, the flag man for Power Wheels. We introduced a brand new class. It was... Uh, the juice box division, which is little uh, little Power Wheels cars uh, that look like little go karts, and we had I believe eight or nine l- little children competitive competitive in that one, um, and that was actually won by T.J. White's daughter Paisley, and then T.J. ends it ends up going to Victory Lane in the Thunder Bomber division later in the night, and he comes to Victory Lane with tears in his eyes as well. Very emotional time uh, seeing his daughter race her first race and then getting a big win. Um, congrats to TJ on that one. Thunder Bomber was interesting because Matt, we had another run in between rivals, uh, between Anderson and Sonoman. Uh, wasn't nearly as bad as it had been. Wasn't anything intentional. Wasn't anything that you know tempers got hot again or nothing like that. There was um, at first fifty seven was behind ninety six. Gave him a shot going down the front straightaway. All was well and good. Nothing happened there. And then 96 tried to return the favor but chose the wrong time to do it. He did it as they were entering the corner, and that sent the 57 around. Um, not 100% sure what the call from race control was, but I believe both were put to the back uh, for the next start. And from there, they didn't touch each other again. So uh, I guess that kind of lucked out. And uh, both of those drivers uh, went home, I believe, with uh, some good money because uh, let's see here. Anderson finished fourth. Sonneman finished fifth. So both drivers have pretty good nights. Of course, TJ White won Thunder Bomber. Uh, Chris Stewart finished second. Dalton Blakely, um, Dalton Blakely finished third. That's another very young talent, and uh, and he's got a, a long way to go. Um, but he is progressing very, very well. Is uh, driver twenty eight over at Sumter. Dalton Blakely. And uh, what I thought was funny, Matt, you sent me some some laughing emojis earlier in the week. But uh, oh, Chris Stewart. Did you, you see? Man, Guys, you missed this. You said I was wrong for this. You did too much. How did I do too much? He texted <laughs> me on Tuesday and he said, "Hey, I'm bringing the trash can this weekend," and sent me that picture. Okay, I see. I didn't know all that. You didn't tell me that. I did. I, I I blatantly posted. Yes, this is the picture that Chris sent me. Oh, uh, well, I didn't read the whole thing then, I guess. He texted me on Tuesday and said, hey, I'm bringing the trash I can. S- and I said, I can make a post out of that. I saw that, and I think me and James were on here um, playing <laughs> games. And I just started dying. But that was that was so hilarious. So much, so funny. I posted that, that Chris Stewart was bringing the trash can out of retirement, and he showed up with the trash can and finished second. So another great run for the, uh, the brother to Michael Stewart, of course, Michael been out of racing action for quite some time now, so Chris is taking over that role at Sumter, and he finishes second in Thunder Bomber. Um, extreme Four, another class that we got to talk about, Matt. Uh, James, I know that you've seen the video by this point. Matt, I know that you've probably seen the videos by this point, but uh, still, prayers up for Wesley Keller. Um this one shook me a good bit trying to announce it. Um, when I saw what happened, um, I just I felt so dearly for for Wesley, his wife, his two his two uh, two children, uh, twins actually, not too old either. Um, just hoping that he was okay, and luckily driver was okay. Had a heck of a concussion, probably though. Uh, he went to the hospital. I got checked out and released. I texted him the next morning. He said he was sore but in good spirits and uh, and, and had some, some words to say about what happened. So, in fact, what happened was um, Dalton Hodge in the 12A car uh, ended up having some contact with Wesley on a restart, got up behind him, uh, and, and wasn't clear for the shove that he was trying to give him and caught him in the right rear. And uh, what that ended up doing was turning Wesley into the outside wall and up and over, barrel rolling, I believe the count was nine or ten times. So, It honestly yeah. reminded me of the uh, flip of the front-wheel drive car from Man last Pickles. week. Yeah. yeah. 
I but, mean, it was just it was fast and violent flipping. It 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 was yeah. really scary. It was it was almost a mirror image of Payne's flip, except Payne's flip. Uh, those cars were traveling a lot faster. Right. So, um, but yeah, if you slow down Payne by a good twenty miles an hour, it's pretty much the same flip um, that he took at uh, Screven a couple of weeks ago. But luckily, Matt, these cars nowadays, same as your car and James's car, these cars are built so safely that guys are able to get out of things like that. Thank the good Lord above um, that that Wesley's going to be okay. Now, there's been a lot said on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever else, giving their opinions on what happened between Hodge and Keller, right? There's a lot of people saying, look, his, his wheels are turned to the left, whatever. Now, today, I saw that the bumper bar from the 12A was bent outward, which tells me that... What happened was Dalton got in a little too hot, hit the right rear, and once when he did that, their bumper bars connected. Follow me? Yeah. Their bumper bars connected, and what Dalton says is that he hit the brakes at that point, and following laws of inertia, when Dalton hit the brakes, Wesley was still on the brakes, so it pulled his car to the right. Yeah. And then what happened happened. Now, other people have said that he just straight up turned him. Uh, other people say, you know, Dalton was trying to wreck him. Whatever the case may be, we, we do not know for sure. Everybody has their own opinion. It's Well, I, I want to say something on that. If there's no prior history between the two drivers, there's no, I, in my honest opinion, I don't feel like there would be a reason it's, one would wreck another on purpose. Now, I don't know if they have any history or not, but I know I've raced with Dalton plenty of times, and I I just don't feel like he's the type of driver that would do it on purpose. And, you know, and, that's uh, that's one of the reasons that I'm itching to get Dalton on the show to give his side of the story and to give his perspective on what happened because immediately after the wreck, you know, I heard reports that, that Dalton and his father Dusty were offering the Kellers a brand new race car. They were offering to give them a car because they felt bad for what happened. Now, what happened following that were tempers flared, people were unhappy with each other, and I guess those talks broke down, but it, it kind of tells me that on the inside, Dalton really didn't mean to do it, and obviously I don't think he meant to do it. I don't... I really don't have an opinion on it at this point. At, at the time, it looked vicious, it looked bad whatever, now that you really look at it, you think about it, it could be either one. I really 100% do not know. That's why I want to talk to both gentlemen and uh, and see what their sides are before making making a final judgment on it. And I'm not sure if there's going to be, you know, any uh, uh, reprimands or anything like that towards Hodge or anybody. I'm not sure. So uh, don't ask me. I have no idea uh, on, on that front. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a, a crazy wreck, man. That was one of the most vicious the most vicious I have seen since Justin's wreck. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, James? This is your first time on the podcast. If you, if you're still with us, James, what's the most vicious wreck that you th- that you've witnessed? Uh, probably Justin's at Sumter. Hey, everybody says Justin's. What about, are there any others? Obviously, I saw um, a Skeeter Ott's wreck at Lancaster last season. That was vicious. There was a night that I was announcing at Lakeview a couple of years ago where uh, Jason Brown barrel-rolled his SCDRA car down the front straightaway. That was pretty bad, Matt. Um, Miss Lisa Glasscock's wreck comes to mind. Travis Keffer earlier in the year comes to mind, but... Above those right now is Wesley's wreck in my in my head, as well as Payne's wreck from a couple weeks ago, um, and and one that's just as scary almost. Remember back at the uh, the ultimate race? I know both of you guys may have been there. Matt, were you there that night? You talking about the one this year? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Now I don't believe you didn't make it there for ultimate qualifying, did you? Uh they were finishing up as I I, I was walking in. Well, have you seen the video where 
uh Tony Ayers uh I believe the uh one of I believe it was his right front tire came off on lap 2 of qualifying and he went sailing into the trees I didn't see the video that is pro- I'm telling you he was probably puckered to the max guarantee it he was puckered to the max oh i know the feeling trust me oh you do that's right mr stays off the track i, I mean three laps I, and nobody sees it yeah I, I was gonna say that's probably the the second worst <laughs> rank i've seen him or in, been involved in whatever uh but all right i'm gonna just go through it it was 2019 last race of the season um this was my old car so there's there was a hole in turn two and I had just passed somebody and I was going to move above the hole a little bit to try to see if I could gain on the person in front of me. And just to ask, this was a Blue Ridge race, right? Yes, this was a Blue Ridge race. This is uh, when they were running the Thanksgiving race. Yep. So we, um, <clears throat> I go up, there was no grip up there and <laughs> I slide off the track. Well, it was 30 degrees outside and there was dew on the grass. So the dew was kind of frozen over a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when I hit that grass, I hit the brakes. Well, I I was already on the brakes, but it, when it hit that grass, it just, it felt like it sped up. And then I go into the, I hit a tree. So, all right. So imagine Imagine you got a clock in front of you. So I, I went into the tree at like, we'll say two o'clock, my nose being pointing to the number. Uh-huh. Went in at two o'clock. When I landed, it was at pointing at like four, between four and five. So you did a, a uh, 180 Almost pretty th- much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then um, <clears throat> now I don't know. This is what my dad told me. I when I when I when I opened my eyes, people were already around me. But my mm-hmm. dad tells me that y'all went green for like three laps and didn't realize I wasn't even on the track. And I'll be honest with you, I do not remember this. I like I try to bring it back into my head. Do not remember uh, you going off that viciously at all, dude. Oh yeah, it it was bad. It it broke that car good too. Yeah, you did break that car good. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one because you uh you broke out the uh the blue car the next. It, the, and the funny thing is, is the night before that wreck, I bought that car. That's when I right. bought that car from Tony. Perfect timing. Right. Absolutely uh, perfect. James, do you have any uh any wrecks as in, during your come up years that you remember vividly like that? Yeah, I, uh, I went off turn two and. Actually landed nose first on the Ashes Road. Ooh. Came to a complete stop fast. Ooh. Yeah, I bet, I bet so. Yeah, yeah. And there was one in the fourth one that got too high come off four and I was an idiot and stayed in it. it slammed the wall. Broke the rend and all. Mm-hmm. Luckily I haven't had too many bad wrecks. No, you you have Sump- I mean and Sumter has knocked me out twice. Knocked you out? Yeah. What was, the first, what, what was the first time? The, the first time was when I was in the black car uh-huh. with the green chassis. Yep. It was my first race in a late model. I was starting. It It was me, uh, Jordan Young, and Larry Morse. Okay. Was, Jordan was on pole. I was second, and Larry, Mr. Larry was third. And he got, I had a terrible start. And he got by me, and I followed in behind him. I was following him around, and I noticed he was kind of pushing, uh, kind of on his entry, uh-huh. and following through in the center. So I kind of I was trying to move up a little bit and kind of angle it a little more. And when I moved up, my right front caught the wall, and my car bounced off the wall and came back and hit Ooh. that that wall, kind of like how Brandon Yon did that night. Okay. Uh, that one night, but not as bad as he did. And when I did that, it that knocked me out too. Okay. Yeah. You know what the the some of the crazier wrecks that we have had happen, like usually end up being 
people spinning on the front straightaway and taking out the like the inside guardrail, mm. mm -hmm. which is why I continuously had to preach to your daddy to step back. <laughs> I shouldn't last year because I've seen it happen. People oh, have uprooted and people uprooted the tractor tire uh, last year. I believe Elliot Sanders um, spun into the tractor tire one time last year. It uprooted it. And then his car rolled into somebody's ATV in the pit road. I remember that for some reason. Also, yeah, just was some crazy wrecks. Also, just remembered one that James was almost involved in. What's that? Uh, the time Aiden wrecked right there under the flag stand. Aiden wrecked. Yeah. Oh, this is when James was on street stock. James, you remember this? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened. I know he he come down and hit my right rear, and I was. Turned completely towards the outside wall. Somehow I straightened back up and saved it, but he ended up breaking the wall right under his place. Yeah, that was a hard hit. Ooh, on that night. Yeah. Whenever yeah. the uh, whenever he broke the the wall and we uh, welded the the piece of metal on there. Yeah. yeah. That piece of metal still up. If you didn't know. <laughs> and they need I, to I go in and fix it. The, the last drivers meeting. They need to go in and fix it because it's like sticking out just a little bit, and if you catch it at the right angle, it's gonna really hurt. But Luckily, it's such a hard angle to hit that nobody's done it yet, but I'm going to knock on wood just in case. Um, but, yeah, there used to be a gate that opened there. To it. <laughs> it used to open up and everything, dude, and now it just we can't do it anymore because Aiden had to take it out. And, uh, but Justin Brown, actually, welder, freaking amazing welder, came in and fixed it on the spot. It took him about 10 minutes, and we were back racing that night. I do remember that. Man, it's just fun. This has been a fun hour just sitting down sharing stories with you guys. It, This has been a blast. Um, but, uh, James, you said you won't, you possibly will be watching some racing this weekend. Not sure if you're going to race. Uh, why don't y'all go and, uh, and try out Blue Ridge at, uh, at Lancaster this weekend? I haven't, I haven't worked on the car this week. Oh, that, great explanation. That's a lot simpler than I thought it was going to be. Take care of that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. But, I mean, just one more question before me and Matt and you wrap up the show is what are the other tracks that you guys are wanting to race right now? Because obviously we've seen you at Sumter every single week. Is there anywhere that, that you're really itching to get to right now? Yeah, I'm going to try to hit Lakeview, Carolina, maybe Gaffney. Heck yeah, it. son. Heck yeah. I, I want to see you at Lakeview. That'll be very interesting. Uh, if like, ah, The only thing with Lakeview is they run a limited rules package. Um, so I, I, unless you were just right now telling me that you plan on getting a limited motor, not, probably not. <laughs> well, I, I'll put it to you this way. You, you could run mid pack out there. Yeah, easily. I if mean, Matt can do it. You can do it. Right. You smoked me last time, last time we raced. And, uh, so I know you could go out there and run at least mid pack. That was funny because that's like the Justin showed up. James finished second, Matt finished third after almost taking out James on the first lap. Do you understand how mad I would no, have been if you? I, no, I didn't almost take him out. I almost took me and everybody behind me out. And James, you slid up. No, right I, I came down. I, no, no, I, I wasn't close to hitting you. I, I mean, it, I personally don't think I was that close to hitting you. But still, both if both of the cars with a talking dirt logo on it would have wrecked into each other. Do you understand how mad I would have been? <laughs> I, w I would have ripped the entire rear quarter panel off of your car. I swear. <laughs> but I'd never do that, man. And I'm so ready for you to get back racing. Uh, yeah, James, I was, was going to say, hopefully I can get my car back out and join James at some of these races. Exactly. And if there are any photographers out there watching, if we get... Listen Matt up. and James, watching, listening, same thing. If if we <laughs> if I can somehow get a picture of Matt and James beside each other where the Talking Dirt logo is visible, it probably have to be a from behind shot. Actually, that that'd be awkward to be a from behind shot. Maybe side by side with one of them on the outside, just slightly ahead, because it's on the right rear of Matt's car and on both sides of James's car, right? Uh, I yes. don't know about James's. Okay, yeah, both sides of James's car. So if I could get somebody that could somehow give me a shot, like coming of, off of a corner from the yeah, outside. Wall. Yeah, exactly. If I can get a shot of 
both cards with the talking dirt logo on it. I will. Ooh, pay or you going in whatever. I will pay going you in whatever amount of money. Or going into one like where that video you took of me at uh, Steel Block Race. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That would be so dope. I would put it as the cover photo forever. I would pay whatever photographer whatever amount of money they ask for the picture. I don't care. But well, that I say would be, we, that's my I dream say we, shot to get. I say we we uh, rent the track out at yeah. Sumter when we can get me, James, and Banjo on there. Oh, gosh, yeah, that would be so dope. I don't know if we're going three wide at Sumter, but hey, we might have to might have to do it at pay speed if we're going three wide. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm confident about, if it's a Matt sandwich, I'm confident about the two on the inside and the outside. The middle guy, I don't know. No reaction. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know about going three wide. I'm, I mean, like maybe us kind of close through the corner or something. Yeah, down true. straight away. Or uh, one of you two side by side. I don't know. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we come up to it. Um, of course, that'll be way later on down the line. But if uh, if y'all are interested in doing something like that, we might actually have to rent the track one day and uh, and get it done once Matt gets a car again and. And uh, once James wraps up this points championship season. But, uh, yeah, Matt, it's about that time to wrap up the show here. Uh, any closing comments before we uh, let the people go enjoy their week? Oh, yeah, Matt. How about something that I saw today? Those uh, those Steel Block Bandits are going to be back in action here very, very soon. Partnering up with the, with the Topless Outlaws to take on the, the Gap. They're back at Volunteer. Going to Bulls Gap. Uh, that one's that was pretty exciting. A track that uh, is yeah. a little bit out of our area, but me and you have covered it a lot. And uh, since rejoining racing, Volunteer Speed Speedway has been under no one. That has been a great place to race. Put on a heck of a show with the uh, the Southern National Series um, last month. Which, by the way, Corey Hedgecock has wrapped up that one. Corey Hedgecock is your 2022 Southern National Series champion. Uh, congratulations to him. Got a couple of wins and a big, big year for Corey Hedgecock out of Loudoun, Tennessee. Uh, Dale McDowell actually won their final race at uh, at Taswell, and I believe that made McDowell 3-for-3 three three during that schedule. So if he was following it full-time, he probably would have ended up winning. But congratulations to, uh, to Corey Hedgecock. He won it there. Um, won that points championship there, $10,053 to win points championship. So congratulations to him. But yeah, Matt, any, uh, any closing comments? No, I think we got it all covered. Well, uh, so that's from Matt James. Anything you want to say to the people before we let you go? No, not really. No, not really. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, a little bit of racing to go watch this weekend. Cherokee Speedway has clash in the house. Uh, along with local classes, uh, Carolina running on Friday, Lancaster, big show, Phillip Knight Memorial, Blue Ridge Outlaw Lake Models, $3,000 to win in that one. Who knows, I may show up at that one. I may show up at Lakeview. They're back in action for the first time since their midsummer break. 3000 to win late models there as well. For um, Matt, which, uh, which Memorial race is it this weekend there? Oh, I am not sure on that. Is it the Larry Long this weekend? Uh, possibly I'm looking it up. Well, you're going to go look it up real quick for me. But, uh, yeah, they've already got some of the Sumter guys confirmed. Uh, Mr. Clean Kevin Roark, the Rain Man Plake Roark confirmed. Believe, if I'm not mistaken, I might Terry have Capers. some drivers there as well. Little Terry is going to be there in street stock. You've all obviously got your local guys, uh, Daryl Moran, Michael Butler, Joey Wilkes. The yes, list it is on. the Larry Mike Long Mance. Memorial. I knew it was. Larry Long Memorial at Lakeview. We'll probably see the likes of Blake Sanderson, the wild child, Willie Milliken, uh, possibly Sean I Harrell. I can go through the list real quick. I'm already yeah, sure. Go go through the go through the confirmation right, list for this so week. You got Kobe Generate in his uh fifteen. Um and for those who don't know, that's the car that uh um Michael Marlowe Michael Marlowe used to drive, yes. Yeah, then you got uh, local to Lakeview, David Baker in his 24 car. Um, Brian Strickland in his C3. B3. Huh? B3, Brian Strickland. 
Oh, they got C3 on there. I don't know why. He hit the wrong button. He got fat fingers. All right. So then you got the C8 of Woody Cromarty. Uh-huh. Then you got the Marion Madman. Uh, Johnny Johnny Pridgen. Yep. He he's gonna be there this weekend. That's that's uh where you'll find me. Um Blake Sanderson will be there. Uh he's got a crew chief. I'm just a spare guy, I guess. <laughs> You're gonna be the tire carrier. So then you got uh the three of Sean Harrell. Ooh, the haymaker coming back. The O six of Christian Thomason, that brand new Rocket XR one and then some the other letters and numbers. Deacon, baby. The dirt um, freaking deacon. That's a guy that we talked about. We talked about Christian a lot, Matt. Did you hear? Do you know any of the behind the scenes stuff on what happened there? Because he started out hot this year and kind of faded a little bit. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, what was going on earlier this year, but I know, like I said, they got that new Rocket XR1 and some other letters and numbers I can't remember. Um, <laughs> But and they had some good <clears throat> good success on it their first night out, so maybe maybe that was the key. I don't know. Heck yeah. But um but yeah, you got Willie Milligan, he's gonna be there. The seventeen of Timmy Blackwell, uh the six of Chris Blackwell. And so far that's who all is confirmed. Hey, that's still a pretty good field of uh, of late models so far. So yeah, your your racing options are there this weekend, race fans. Coming up in a, in two weeks' time, Frankie from Memorial Street Soccer Race at Sumter Speedway trying to confirm the finalized details on that one. So that's the next time that you will hear me up in the booth. But for both of my co-hosts here tonight, Mr. Matt Pridgen and Mr. James Murphy, I've been Ryan Williams. This has been episode 15 of Talking Dirt. We'll catch you again next Thursday night. See ya. Later, Gators.